When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Talking Sense, a podcast with me, Dr. Marta. I'm a clinical psychologist and family therapist. Every week I answer one of your real life questions and offer you psychological evidence as well as strategies and ideas to guide you. I like to begin every podcast with a little check-in. This is just a way of centering yourself in the here and now while you're listening in. And today I just want you to have a little think about what your energy level is. Where would you rate yourself on a scale of zero, no energy whatsoever, you just need to crash, and 10, absolutely full of beans? Where are you today? Just notice, that can be enough to give you a little insight into where and how you are in this moment. And now, let's begin. Today's question is on the topic of death this is something that I get asked about a lot. Because it's an emotive topic, I'm going to talk about it quite slowly and give you moments to pause the podcast or give it a moment if it feels a little bit too much. But before we get there, let's listen to the question. Hi there. Um, My question is about when a five-year-old gets really upset about the concept of death and maybe they're thinking about it or acknowledging it for the first time Um, and they are scared about when you or we or they will die. What's the correct response as a parent or carer? I find this question a very thoughtful question in the way that it's been phrased and it's also a very common question that I get a lot. So first things first, There is no right or wrong way to answer as a parent or a carer. There are more or less useful things that you might be able to do, but a lot of it is based on context because it really depends where you are at as a parent. So for me, the first thing to really think about and reflect is what death means like, feels like for you. What the experience of talking about death means for you matters here because it's going to matter in terms of whether you're able to openly think about this with your child and get really curious with them because curiosity is really important in this conversation or whether you try and avoid it, you hide away from it, you're scared, you feel a lot of anxiety or a lot of pain and that is based both on your experiences of death, both in the here and now. So if you're currently going through a grief or a bereavement, talking about death is gonna be a lot harder as an adult. Um, And so answering these questions are gonna feel very emotive. But also your experience of death in the past. How How was it talked to you when you were a child? How did adults respond to your questions around death? Were you able to ask these questions yourself? These things are really key in order for you to make sense of how you're going to be able to interact and engage 
in this emotive conversation. And I think talking about death often is emotive for all of us. It is one of the things that is possibly the only certainty that we all have, that one day we're all going to die. It's a certainty and it's also an experience that we go through. Losing loved ones um, across our lifespan is something that we all experience and we experience this differently depending on what the process of saying goodbye is like and whether you're even going through that process right now. So I am going to go quite gently but I'm first going to begin thinking about you. Then I'm going to think about developmentally what our children do and don't understand about death depending on their stage of development because that's really key in terms for you to be able to think about what's appropriate. And finally I'm going to try and answer some common questions that children ask about death and offer you a couple of scripts. These are not for you to learn by rote, word for word. These are just guides. These are just kind of, you know, what would this look like in practice? What it might it sound like? But the words that you choose need to come from you because you are the expert in your child and you will know what will land best with them. And it has to feel like a genuine, real conversation. For children to feel that you are hearing them, you are making sense of their worries and their questions, it needs to come from you. If you're doing it as an intellectual exercise with a script, it doesn't tend to work. So just make sure that anything I share here today, you just take it as a learning point rather than something that you really need to rehearse and learn word for word. Okay, let's begin with you. So before we start talking about children, I want to talk about you because it does really matter in terms of how you're positioning yourself in the conversation with your child, it can really help for you to be a bit more self-aware of what death means to you. So this may be a bit of an emotive exercise, so take it or leave it. Really notice what is going to be most useful for you. Just in two or three words, I would like to invite you to think about what death means to you. And do you have a story about death? If you could put it in two or three sentences, you know, what is dying? What, it, what does it mean for you? And most of our stories are built from experiences that we've had in our life, but they also come from stories that we've either read or we've watched on TV or perhaps we've been told. Um, there are also stories from faith and religions. So if you are somebody who has a religious faith, you may have a story about death already. And other people have spiritual stories or scientific stories or family stories. So just notice, where are your stories coming from? And once you have that, I want to invite you to think about whether that story is a good fit for you now. Is this the story you would like to share with your child? Is this the meaning of death that you want to give them? Is it something else? And if it is a something else, can you re-script this story? Maybe jot it down again in a few words or a few sentences. What is it that you want to convey to your child? What kind of story about death do you want to give them? This may also be based on your child's age and stage of development. So if they're much younger, you might want to move away from giving them lots of hard facts. 
and it may be useful for you to just notice where these stories want to take you. I think it's really important to acknowledge that when a child asks us about death, there may be an innate impulse to pull away, to, you know, avoid the conversation, because talking about death is a threat. It can be scary, and our bodies feel that, okay? And part of that feeling may also come from thinking about not wanting to kind of take away our children's innocence or spoil something for them or give them these truths that just feel like they're going to take away a little bit of their childhood. And if that's how you feel, I get it. Because it's so hard to kind of say to your child, oh my God, yeah, there is such a thing as death and it's permanent. And it means that you're gonna be sad um, and that I might not be around one day. And these, these are not the kinds of stories that as parents we want to tell our children. I know that. I feel that, both as a psychologist working with kids and as a parent. I feel that deeply. And I want to remind you that death is around you all the time. And so when our children ask these sorts of questions, I really want you to know that they've already thought of an answer. Children don't ask questions without having figured out something. They've heard something, they've read something, someone's told them something. So whenever a child asks you a question, one of the first things I want you to think is, what has my child heard? What does my child know about this topic? Whatever topic it is. Of course, today we're talking about death, but to me, these are really key questions for you. So ignoring or avoiding your child's question is not gonna get you anywhere useful. That's because not answering your child's question only tells them that they can't come to you and get honest answers. And that's not helpful to your child or to you in your relationship with your child. Because I think one of the things that as parents we want is to be an influence to our children for as long as possible. And to be an influence on our children, we need to take their questions when they hand them over to us and hold them with care. We kind of wanna be somebody who says, thank you for asking me this. This is a really important question and I wanna give it the attention and time it deserves. And in order to do that, As a parent, you may need to postpone the conversation. I said postpone, not ignore or dismiss. So rather than saying, oh, don't worry about it. Death is not gonna happen anytime soon, so don't worry about it. I want you to respond to your child in a way that says, thank you. This is a really important thing you're asking me. And I really wanna hear what you think, what you know and I wanna answer all of your questions, but I can't do it right now. So can we save another time to do this? This other time is your choice, but what I want you to remember is that you have to offer it, okay? Once you've been invited in by your child to help them understand something, a big topic such as death or something else, I want you to take that invitation and honor it. But that does mean that you might say, not now, not today, not in the car, not wherever you are. 
And I also wanna like throw this at you, that actually children do tend to ask these questions in the spur of the moment, in a time and place that throws you off. So expect that, okay? That's normal. It's much easier for children to ask big questions when it's totally out of context. And it's okay for you to say, give me a moment because I want to talk about this, but not here, not today. And then it might be time for you to revisit some of the questions I shared at the beginning of this podcast. Really sit down, make sense of what death means to you. Maybe write a little story of what you do wanna share with your child. And then, you know, take your child's invitation and say, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about this. So it's important to think about the timeliness. So the time and place in which you're going to do this kind of talking with your child. I want you to remember as well that this is a first conversation. When children open up big topics like this, it is often just a beginning. There will be more conversations. So don't worry about getting it right. I actually think as a parent, that is one of the worst things that we can do is kind of set this sort of pressure on ourselves to be like, I need to get all the words right and all the information and give them all this stuff. You do not. You do not have to do any of that. You need to see this as a first conversation. This is just the beginning. And so the first conversation might be more about listening than talking. Your job may be to listen in order to talk rather than talk in order to listen. What that means is that when you're talking, what you're doing is expanding your child's questions, making sense of what they know, making sense of what they're asking and just hearing them out. So it might be that you show up with a notepad because I think taking children's questions really seriously as an adult has a really profound effect on our children. So even even if they're little, like a five-year-old, you show up with a notepad and you say, I'm here and I really wanna talk about that question you asked me the other day. You said, what does death mean? And I saw that you got teary and upset. So I really wanna understand your question. Tell me more. Tell me what you wanna know. What brings up tears for you? What, what is it that you're worried about or scared of or feel sad about? You want to open up this conversation to really understand where your child is at. And as a psychologist, I'm going to tell you that sometimes the things that we think we know about the questions our children are asking are not what our children are asking. So it really matters that we make sense of their story of death if they have one. And often they will. It might just not be fully realistic. It might not be the things that you think your child needs to know about death. And it's often stories and they've made it up and they've used their wild imaginations to create it. So do make sense of it. And this might just be your first conversation where you sit down and you listen and you cuddle them and you say, oh gosh, you've been thinking about this so much. I've written it down. You have so many good questions and so many big feelings. Should we hug it out? Do you want a cuddle? Let's have a cuddle. I'm here and I will always listen to you. And we're gonna talk about all of this again, okay? But I think maybe for today, that's enough.
So let's talk about death again. And I'm going to try and find, I don't know, some books or some things we can watch together or some ways of understanding your questions or some stories about what happens when people die. Let's find out. And then we can get back together and we can talk about it more. How does that sound? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So this might not be what you thought a first conversation might sound like, but this can be the most containing first conversation for you and your child. You don't need to have all the answers all the time. And you don't need to give your child all the answers straight away. What you do need to do is sit, listen, hold their emotions. This is the most important part. It's therapeutic for your child to be seen and heard. And that can be enough at the start before you go in deeper. And it's also going to guide you. It's going to give you a sense of where your child is at in terms of their understanding, their learning, their curiosity. So you know how far to go and where to stop. Because one of the questions I often get with parents is, but I don't want to scare them. We don't know what's going to be frightening to our children, but we can understand and listen to them to get a better sense of how far we can go. So this would be, for me, the first conversation. And then there's going to be more. Once you've got a sense of what your child really wants to dive into and where their questions are coming from, it's really helpful to know developmentally what your child can and cannot understand. So I'm going to do this really briefly. And I often have parents who tell me, my child understands death and therefore... I want to make this really clear, okay? Development follows a a trajectory for most children, okay? If your child is developing normally, so they don't have a neurodivergent brain, or they don't have a learning disability of some type, their development is going to follow a standard trajectory, And of course, there is a range of development. Children don't just hit, like, at a particular month or day, a developmental milestone, okay? It's a process. But four-year-olds, five-year-olds, they don't understand the permanence of death. If you think your child does, I am here telling you, it's impossible. It's like telling me that a six-month-old can walk. They cannot. 
their joints, their muscles, their legs, they are not developed to the point of being able to carry their weight and walk successfully, okay? We know six-month-olds cannot and should not walk because it's not where they're supposed to be from a developmental trajectory. And death and other concepts that are abstract, such as time or the value of money, are a similar thing. Children cannot comprehend permanence, which is about understanding that when it happens, you can't go back. And this is really important because the idea of permanence doesn't fully emerge until children are more around the age of somewhere between seven and eight. So before those ages, they don't understand that if you die, it is a final thing. Instead, They may have ideas, magical concepts about people coming back or why don't people return or where do they go? Because there is this sense and stories in our society of narratives of, you know, people going to, for example, if you're religious, people may go to heaven. And if they go to heaven, there is a sense that they've gone somewhere. Like if you go to Mallorca, and I always use this example because it's an example that happened in therapy with me that a child could not get away from feeling really angry with their parents because they were told that their grandparent had gone to heaven and all they wanted to do was go and visit their grandparent in heaven. So often adults get very upset about this because it sounds like their child is saying I want to die and be with my grandparent. It doesn't. It just means can you take me to visit them in this place that you've called heaven? Like it's going to Paris. It is not that, okay? There is a lot of magical thinking that happens in little ones' brains. They merge reality and fantasy. So talking about death has to happen in a very literal, concrete way. Otherwise, children don't understand it and they get deeply, deeply confused. So some of the things to avoid are things like saying that somebody has gone away or that somebody is in a better place please don't say this to children because if somebody's gone away, they're going to wonder why you're not going to get them or find them. And if somebody's gone to a better place, they're going to wonder why it wasn't better with them or with you. And as children get older, around eight and above, they have a sense that death is permanent and that when people die, they don't come back. They can't see them anymore. But they might still ask questions, curious questions about death itself. So what happens to the body? And as they start to get older, they also will become... Um, more aware of loss and therefore they're more likely to ask specific questions about what will happen to the people who are staying behind, who will be living with them or who will support them with their grief. So it's really important that you think about these conversations about death as being a lifelong story that you are co-creating with your child. Um, And it's okay for the beginning to be more about listening and thinking together And then when you're ready to say what you want, do try and base it on a few very simple facts. So one, keep your language literal at all times. Call death, death. Don't use any other adjectives like going away or lost or, you know, I don't know, some people talk about magical things like they turned into a butterfly or they became a star in the sky. There is no becoming, 
Let's call death, death. Don't be scared of the word. The word is important. You're offering your child knowledge and that is what they're asking for. So let's call death, death. And let's make sure we offer concrete information. By that, I mean things about what death is. So death means that our body stops working. Death means that you won't be able to see this person again or kiss them or hug them or eat cake with them. Now, if some of this is bringing up emotion for you as I'm talking, take a pause from this podcast. I know this bit can feel really emotive. It is the reality of death. And even for us adults, it can be really, really hard. And I know that. So take this slow. But I do want you to know that these are the things that our children need to hear if they're asking about what death is. Okay. I'm going to go into just a few questions, which are also in this question. You know, like, how do you answer questions about death? And for me, these are just ideas, okay? These are ideas of scripts. They don't mean that you have to say these words. They might not be the right fit. Just as long as you remember to keep things very literal for your child. I would also say you can use resources. You can use books and stories if your child is asking about death. Once you know what they're asking and where they're coming from, there are some beautiful picture books that you can read with them. And I have a lovely list of my favourite resources, which includes a couple of workbooks too. And they are mainly very helpful if you have experienced a bereavement in the family to help children process what is happening for all of you. So answering questions about death. So one of the most common ones, which is also in this question, will you die? The important bit is to be honest. And the honest answer is always yes. We will all die, okay? This is hard to hear, I know, but our children want to know the truth. So the way that you answer this might sound like, yes, one day I will die. Anything that is alive in this world dies one day. And I know that might sound scary or maybe a little bit sad, but right now I am safe and I'm healthy and I'm not gonna die anytime soon. I am here with you. Now, if after just giving this one answer, your child gets really upset, I want you to know that's normal. I mean, talking about death is a threat, remember? It is upsetting, it is emotive. And your child's just heard that, oh my God, at some point we all die. Depending on what that means to your child and their age, it will feel upsetting. So it's okay to just stop there. Your conversation doesn't have to go any further at this point. It can just be about giving a cuddle and giving lots of love and reminding your child that it's normal to be sad. Talking about death is a sad thing and it's okay. Like, we all feel sad about it. I'm here for you. That's enough. That can be completely enough for this one conversation. Your child may also, of course, keep asking and talking about it. So one of the things they might say is, but when, when will I die? When will you die? And the answer to that may simply be, I don't know. No one knows. But it's often not until we're much, much older or if something happens to us. I would be careful if your child is very little to say, if we get sick, 
because they might get a cold and you might get a cold and that might frighten them. So it's okay to keep it vague and to say, nobody knows, nobody knows the answer to that. And that in itself can worry children too because they want concrete, literal answers. And it's just about holding space for that. The uncertainty of life is a tricky one that I think most adults struggle with too. And it's okay to name that and say to your child, yeah, you find that hard too, if that's the case for you. The other thing that often children will ask is, but what will happen to me? If you die, who will look after me? So this is a really important question. And often this is the question where parents say, but I'm not gonna die, so don't worry about it. You are gonna die one day. And what your child wants to know is, who will look after me? Again, in concrete, literal ways. You wanna give your child a real answer. And it might be that you've never thought about this. And if you haven't, this may be your invitation. Who would you like to care for your child if for some unexpected, awful, tragic reason you weren't here tomorrow? And ask your child. So if you don't know and you haven't really thought about it, this is your invitation to do so. And it's also your invitation to say to your child, I don't know, I've never really thought about it, but you know this is really important. You're right. I need to have a think, perhaps, with your partner if you have one. And what about with you? Who would you like to live with? If I wasn't here to look after you, who would you be happy to be with? Who would you like to take you to school or make you dinner? Ask your child. It's gonna give you some real deep insight into the people they feel connected to and want to be with. This is not about replacing you. And remember, this conversation may lead to lots of tearfulness from your child, and that is normal and very healthy and appropriate. It's just about sitting there with them and saying, well, it's nice that we have a bit of a plan and that I know who you would like to look after you, so thank you, because your choices really matter to me. And finally, there may be a question around when somebody dies, do they ever come back? And it's really important, again, to stay concrete and literal and just say, no, when somebody dies, they don't come back. We can never see them again, but we can look at photos and we can remember them and we can talk about them whenever you want because the people that we love, they stay with us forever in our memories, in our hearts, and in the things that we do every day that bring us a little bit closer to them. And at this point, with this question, if you have a loved one that has died and your child may know about this, talk about it. Talk about the little things that you do to remember this person. So it might be a small gesture a year, or it might be every single day, or when you bake a cake that reminds you of the person, or when you go to a special place and you think of them. Share this with your child. Give them a sense of this idea that actually we live with death and it is around us. And as adults, we've often grieved more than one loved one and they can still remain with us. And some of that will bring tears, some of that will feel sad. And it's actually really helpful for our children to see it, to see that death is sad for all of us, but it doesn't have to be scary. It can be something that connects us and keeps us connected to our loved ones in the little things that we do every day. 
I could talk about the topic of death for a long time, but I'm going to end it here for today. And I just want you to take a pause if you've listened to this podcast and look after yourself. I know it's really emotive to hear the words that I've said today and for some people it can feel really hard. So I usually end on a little mantra and I think today the mantra I'm going to leave you with is I can be gentle with myself. That's it. I want you to be gentle with yourself and I want you to be gentle and curious and honour the important questions that your child sends your way. See it as a privilege that your child is looking at you and saying, I trust you to answer these big questions that I have. And you know who else trusts you? Me. I trust you. I trust you to hold the questions your child has and to answer them to the best of your capacities. That doesn't mean perfectly. That means genuinely, honestly, with care. And I know you can do that. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me for another Talking Sense. And I hope you'll join me again next week. Until then, I wish you a peaceful week. See you soon. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 